Just before the madness of the holidays hits us all, we decided, you know what? Let's record another episode of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. That's right, folks. We're here with episode 73 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. My name is Jake, and across from me is... Evan! That means we're going to talk about the whale. Yep. Yeah! Uh, Also, is the madness not already in front of us? Because I am just buried in just like Christmas shit to do. We forewent a tree this year just because we're too damn busy for a tree. We have a wreath to save face on the front, and then we have a couple little randals, like a random sprinklings. Uh, we do have a new uh, menorah for our roommate, and it's yeah. really cool looking. Yeah, I saw uh, it. It was very and, nice. And um, we're going to do a little bit more sprucing up of the place, pun intended. But uh, yeah, before, it's Christmas time. Before the weather outside gets so frightful. And your fire is too delightful to do more sprucing up. Yeah. What I'm saying is you might have no place to go. So you're right. Uh, It's still not going to fucking snow. (laughs) Except if you go up the mountain and I I need to do that to to change things. Um, Do you know who is getting some serious new presents under their tree this year? Not Kanye. Um, <laughs> no, he gets coal. Probably, you said nice presents, and so anybody who gets the I mean, Trump Ka- trading cards, P- NFTs, th- those aren't nice. Kanye's coal will be Balenciaga coal. Like, yeah. It'll be uh, conflict diamond coal. <laughs> It'll be, well, I mean... Elon Musk will give it to him, so they've he's yeah. got he's got a supply. Right, he's got that in the safe. I drew this joke out way too long. Please I, tell no, us what are the nice what are the nice presents under the tree? Well, the uh, Premier Hockey Federation is set to double their salary cap per team for next season, and that's going to mean a shit ton for both them and all of women's hockey. Congratulations, everyone involved. You know it. This will even probably be good for the PWHPA too, but it's it a sets competition. the bar. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and responds. Yeah, the cap is going from the seven hundred and fifty k that it is this year up to one point five million dollars next year. Um, a massive jump, and it's actually a nine hundred percent increase from three years ago. Yeah. So the PHF is making moves. Like first they are, off, they. Became like, the PHF. That was a big move. And mm-hmm. now their salary cap is going to be the highest of, I think, any women's sports league in the United States or in North America. They're going like crypto in like 2014. <laughs> Hopefully they don't go like crypto in 2022. Yep. Um, this is historic, both for them and just for the sport. Um They'll they have a floor right now, which is seventy five percent of the salary cap, or two hundred sixty two five hundred. Five sixty two five hundred. Sorry, did I make a five into a two in you my did. head? Yeah. Oh, whoops! Are you dyslexic? Just a little dyslexic, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, 
Shout out to my dyslexic friends out there. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Word to your mothers. Um, one would assume that this just means Michaela Grant Mentis will get paid double when her contract is up or maybe be put into a position to negotiate immediately. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we're, you would think we're on the cusp then of somebody signing a $100,000 contract. Yeah. It's really interesting to have the salary cap increase that much in one year. Like the economics of that must be a little wild. The Everybody's agent in the PHF right now just must be like, Whoa, my God. <laughs> what? What a bummer for the people who signed two-year deals. Yeah, for <laughs> real. I mean, and we did see that because, well, job security. Like, Right, yeah, absolutely. You know, I told my bosses, like, I, I'm willing to sign a team-friendly contract if uh, I don't get laid off in this coming recession. <laughs> if, the, if the term is good. Yeah. Um, so... Congratulations. Like, I don't exactly know what else to say because this is, you know, this is an expansion of the market. The the other shoe, there are many shoes to drop. I mean, it's not really even right to say it's a second shoe, but uh, this is huge. Yeah. I mean, um, Mike Murphy of the Ice Garden and uh, at Dig Deep BSB. Who um, we love. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, posted just some numbers for Jillian Dempsey and Kaylee Fratkin, uh, two people who have been in the league long enough to have these kinds of numbers in 2015, 16 Jillian Dempsey made $10,500. The following year she made $13,000 this year. She's making 40 K. So like, that's, that's a very like modest mm-hmm. or not. That's a very honest leap in salary. Sure. Uh, Kaylee Fracken, even higher, went from $11,000 in 2019-2020 to $57,500 this year. So, like, if you if you double this again, you're going to see a ton of these women make a livable wage to mm-hmm. where they won't have to, in theory, work these other jobs. Um yeah, it's interesting when you think about maybe the downstream effects of this. Like, what does this say to college hockey? Co- uh, you know, maybe college women's hockey suddenly expands. Um, Hopefully at the University of Michigan. Uh, that seems like it's just got to happen. But um, you know, it, these salaries start to be on par with with AHL salaries. And that's awesome. Um Yeah, I think anytime you can safely raise a salary cap this much, you're showing a dedication to the athletes and you're showing a desire to attract the best athletes. And we saw that this year with some folks leaving the PWHPA Mm -hmm. for the PHF because they had that guaranteed money and it was going to be better than what they were making. You know, they're making decisions for their lives, right? Yeah. The first true defectors. Yeah. And so moving forward, I mean, we don't, we still don't know what the PWHPA is going to do next year. They've made, there's been a lot of saber rattling, but no like 
That's a good term for it. Cause no. Because <laughs> you know once they debut something, it will be worthwhile. But uh, yeah, we, we've heard a lot of marketing and, and not a whole lot of reality from them. Right. And so we will see how this progresses with the with women's hockey in general. In the meantime, though, this very PHF-specific news is huge for you know, all of the female at- or all of the athletes in the league and we look forward to seeing more details and hopefully more contract numbers as they come out as people sign uh this coming off season yeah uh cap besties has been a huge boon for that and for you know us just hockey nerds fans of the game uh i love also the message that this sends to younger women's hockey players that you know hey you can maybe go to college with a thought of playing professional hockey or whatever that path might look like for you. Um, Cause to get paid an actual living wage for what you do is, you know, it's every hockey player's dream in some respect. You see a lot of these like TikTok skills guys that like, Hey, they're doing what they can to carve out their little tiny bit of hockey stardom um maybe women's hockey can have more of that more of a cultural phenomenon you know this is only like a huge huge growth opportunity for every facet of women's hockey with one kind of fell swoop like it's a little amazing in that respect just to think about all of the ways that this might impact women's hockey from top to bottom so we started out with one group of people getting presents under this tree, but now we are going to go to our naughty list. It's extensive. It is extensive. We have a lot of judgment to enact on a lot of uh, people generally. Um, and so, you know, we've just chosen to give you a little snippet of it here, but nobody would be more apropos to kif- kick off our naughty list than the goalie that everyone loves to hate Jordan Bennington. We were, we were texting the other day as, as he was once more partaking in his stupid antics. They are antics. Uh, Yeah. Like, and they're so bad that people on his team, including his coach are like, this really needs to fucking stop. Right. His coach is making the fucking Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette out back meme. <laughs> and, uh, oh, God, uh, gotta play fucking Jordan. Why'd we trade away? Fiddly who? So right. Yeah. Uh, how, how bad do they feel about trading away? Billy Huso right hopefully now? really bad. And hopefully he continues to be wonderful for Detroit. Um, but, we while texting we decided on a new award for the nhl mm-hmm. and it's in french so i'll translate it for you but the french is le piss baby supreme um, uh yeah from our people south of the border that is uh the piss baby supreme yeah yeah that's, um yeah it, i'm glad we're bilingual here absolutely yeah. um he's taken it to another level like he's the only way he can go from here is to like turn it into some like true Andy Kaufman performance art because uh, he's just acting like a fucking crazy spoiled child out there. He got kicked out of a game 
for giving up a goal to somebody and then to uh, uh was it jason zucker or somebody and then he like as he's getting yanked like flies past their bench and like gives them a intimidation shoulder shrug uh like nobody's afraid of you yeah right we all know you're a, a piss baby we've like. all seen you fake swing a goalie stick like two times already at people <laughs> like yeah it's it's not even intimidating like no it, it's not we like, all know you're not gonna do anything <laughs> like he could do that to me and i'd be like stop it jordan right i had to chase down a goalie the other day and oh man i was scared for my life well <laughs> and like that's fucking beer league hockey yeah like well, jordan bennington scaring nobody with the same amount of padding yeah it i just wish that he would go away like you've got your cup dude just Mm -hmm. go home like wherever in canada you're from me too go there and don't talk just (laughs) don't talk don't have social media like he's got a golden retriever so i know he's got good things in his life oh yeah Uh, do you dog stalk nhl players uh not him, even though he has a golden retriever. Uh, Ivan Provorov, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Drake, Drake <laughs> the pup star. Uh, uh, I think this should be something that's recorded. <laughs> like, um, NHL dog power rankings? Uh, it's pro- uh, Honestly, uh, Nadelkovich has a golden retriever and a black lab. So I mean, that's what it takes to make him feel better after his performance for the wings. Yeah. He's, he's had a rough year, but so maybe that's why he's got a great support system. (laughs) Right. Yeah. He just goes home and he's like, it's okay. (laughs) Look at this. (laughs) So the, uh, the, the, the Lapis baby Supreme award is going to be the kind of the opposite of the lady Bing. It's like, Lady Bing is like exuding the all the qualities of sportsmanship and fair play mm-hmm. and, you know, being like the moral fiber of the game. Even uh, though it's only ever given to people that take the lowest amount of penalty minutes. Yeah, it's like, con- congrats, Brett Pesci. <laughs> yeah, uh, congratulations, Jacob Slavin. Yeah, Jacob Slavin. Not, sorry, wrong, wrong I was Kane's like, defenseman. Yeah, Brett Pesci is uh, He's the, the yang of <laughs> yeah. Jacob Slavin's ying. Um, yeah, you're... I don't even know who else is winning the Lady Bing because it's kind of a boring trophy. Le Piss Baby Supreme, on the other hand, is the best trophy. Imagine like a a giant gilded like Herbert Mountain Dew Camacho <laughs> as the trophy for Le Piss it, Baby it's Supreme. Like in in soccer, there's the uh, the cult of shithousery, like the this idea of like somebody who's just like hard to play against because they're they like toe that line between like dirty and uh it, like and yeah that would be a great award this is just like you being a piece of crap like you being like the turd that somebody sneaks into somebody's halloween bag like you <laughs> are the worst and so uh lapis baby supreme like it's gonna take a lot 
to take this off of Jordan Bennington's uh, shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the inaugural recipient. Yeah, prior winners include like I don't know Chris Neal or like uh, or Sean Avery. I can't even think of who else. Like it, you know, I always wanted to punch Sandus Ozilinch, but I'm guessing it's not him. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Todd Bertuzzi. No, Todd Bertuzzi is a violent maniac. Um, yeah, like he's he's a sociopath. There's a yeah. difference. <laughs> like he's actually he he follows through in every way that Jordan Bennington does not. Yeah, <laughs> that's not us being proponents of what Todd Bertuzzi does. <laughs> no, it, true. I was Better to be say, a piss baby than to be a like like vaguely homicidal maniac. Right. Yeah, it, piss baby is exactly him because he's so fucking ineffectual. You know, and he's in his own head. You can tell, like, that's all of this shit. He needs to see whoever, whatever guru that, like, Mark Messier goes to. Because he'll explain to him, like, hey, as a goalie, you're going to perform a whole lot better if you are centered and agile mentally than if you are this, like, wannabe Michael Jordan maniacal competitor that you apparently seem to want to be. As his fantasy owner... I can only imagine what his coach and GM are going through right now because I'm just like, yeah, you're goalie f- 17 in a 10 man league, but God damn it. I'm tired of seeing your face in the media. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a punch face too. He really he does. Really like, as, like in terms of like tiny goalie giant pads, punchable face. Yeah, absolutely. Like some goalies look more normal in, goalie pads and then like whenever whenever he takes off a helmet it's like he looks like you put beaker from the muppets in goalie pads like face punching has been kind of a theme this week Um, yeah and it also happened in winnipeg when the colorado avalanche were in town there was an excessive face punching there yeah, the uh, this fan went all like Shannon Epstein, Chris Christie's niece on <laughs> the the Winnipeg uh, area metropolitan forces, which is like bold decision to make at an away game, especially in another country. Like I know exactly. Canada is very nice, but like you could disappear. Yeah, it, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of land in Canada that nobody is in. <laughs> Justin Trudeau's SEAL Team Six will. Come get you on their way to rescue Bo Horvat. Like, have fun in Nineveh, dickhead. (laughs) Yeah, you're exiled to fucking Baffin Island. Like, the Northwest Territories with, like, nothing but, like, a Zippo lighter and uh, one sock. Good luck. Uh, Yeah, unfortunately for the Avs, it seems like their fans poor behavior has kind of created a karmic wave as injuries have hit the team i mean it's been going on all season but now it got nathan mckinnon like everybody is hurt even his special his special pasta couldn't save him from this hurt 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 yeah uh no chickpeas can solve whatever is going on with him uh they did turned his back into hummus (laughs) (laughs) they did finally get valerie nichushkin back um he's still taking some time to get up to speed but like lekanen's been hurt landis gog hasn't played still hurt uh yeah they've just been down people 
all season and it shows in the standings like they are they're having a rough season they are well giving a Alex rough season for a reigning stanley <laughs> yeah, cup champion. reigning stanley cup champion that probably will have it all put to get back together by the time that uh the playoffs roll around because they're giving alex newhook a lot of ice time i think they need another center yeah they totally do yeah. um but the you know trade season coming there might be some presence under the tree if you're joe sackick i mean i'm sure a whole lot of gms right now are like ignoring joe sackick's calls like no don't talk to that guy <laughs> Ooh, like, don't talk to that guy. he's like and joe sackick's just sitting there going I know you'll talk to me. He's like, I want Thomas Shabbat. <laughs> uh, or maybe Jacob Chikorin, which brings us to Arizona, where a man got his finger bitten off, like legitimately removed from his hand in a brawl that erupted in Mullet Arena in a game between the Yotes and the Bruins. This is fucking bonkers like there were pictures online of him like holding up his hand and like sure enough he's missing a digit which, like which digit was he missing i have not I seen think it was so. the pointer finger oh man critical like, finger yeah like I, I couldn't believe this actually fucking happened like, you was, if someone bites off my like left hand ring finger i'm just like well i wasn't gonna use it anyway um <laughs> Yeah, the video from the fight like makes it look like this was probably somewhere in uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> like, there's uh, there's a ton of massive like swells of people wow. where they're just like, yeah, yeah, like, at a Coyotes game, right? Who, th- who, whoever said that their fans don't care? A, we already sort of knew was wrong because Yotes fans are hardy. They are hardy like Coyotes themselves. Uh, B, they dropped this team in a fucking college town and in a college arena like uh, frat bros, no, no bounds. The fight, Steven Roca is the the victim here. And okay. he, according to Boston.com, uh, was transported to a local hospital after the tip of his index finger was bitten off or sorry, was bitten, quote unquote, completely off. By Arizona State University Police. So I got to ask, just the tip? I was at uh, Crafty Wonderland this weekend. Mm-hmm. And as I was walking in, a man was walking out and he said, and he had a sweatshirt on. It said, just the tip, I promise. And it was a <laughs> picture of a bullet. And I was like, you are the saddest piece oh, of God. shit ever. <laughs> like, you're, you are so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> Replace that bullet with like the mormon logo and that's a great t-shirt yeah or Um, a picture of the pope (laughs) um the i'm gonna butcher this name don't care the biter was identified as nashadnik alan shantz a spokesperson for asu police told boston and what was he a bruins fan i don't know shantz was arrested for aggravated assault while roca and four others uh, were issued citations for disorderly conduct. So it turns out like, and like three of these people have the last name of Roca. So it sounds like a whole family got in on wow. this. Uh, that, I mean, I, yeah. I'm just wondering if, if he's a Bostonian, like just gathering calories for winter, human fingers, a little bony, but you got to get your calories where you got to get them. 
Well, it's it's about survival. It is pretty crazy that like uh, it's definitely Yotes fans versus oh wow a woman just got punched in the face. <laughs> you just watching the video yeah. right now? Yeah, yeah the, the, there's a dude in a pasta jersey who's getting wrecked. That's the thing about the Avalanche Winnipeg fight. It was like this is fairly nonchalant. This it was like less exciting than like when the Kraken fans first fought the Nashville fans in Nashville, and it was like oh welcome to the NHL. Um, I just, th- that sounds crazy. I just love that. Like the game is going on while this brew, like this brouhaha is happening. And then like the cops come in, there's a ton of Boston fans sitting together. So like, I'm guessing it was something along the lines of like a coyotes fan saying something like you guys fucking suck. And like the Bruins fan like said something along the lines of like, yeah, well we make the playoffs and have championships. And the coyotes fan was like, I'll show you a playoff. And like, (laughs) um, (laughs) so like, like a woman wearing a Gronk Jersey gets like thrown to the ground, (laughs) uh, which would have never happened to real Gronk. Uh, and like, it's, it's incredible. Looks uh, like it couldn't have happened to nicer people. Yeah, I mean, Boston, right? <laughs> yeah. If if, you're, if well, I mean, okay, if, Arizona. If, if all of if out of the Boston like Mount Rushmore, you're gonna pick Gronk. That says something about you. You like to party. To, yeah, exactly. Like I like it, but it it says something about you. <laughs> Well, I mean, Gronk went to U of A, so like he's... Oh, that's right. I forgot that connection. I know we're talking about like dismemberment. Sadly, it's going to get worse. It sounds like he got his finger back. Uh, Yeah, that was my understanding was the finger was returned. Speaking of just the tip, this is just the tip of the fucking iceberg. Hockey Canada went and put out a release of information on discrimination in the game, uh, incidents in their games between 2021 22 year coming to a total of 512 incidents of racial sexual all kinds of discrimination it has a sense of kind of like a look over here don't look at these several continuing gang rape allegations at, at our best hockey players like look at this good we're doing by just aggregating statistics on penalties from their matches look at all the data we've got about awful things that happen in our games right what are you doing about it about what (laughs) don't ask about that that's not the question we want to ask tosses paper aside about what what are we talking about bring in fucking rocky words to be like we don't want to hear about that um you know it this is stuff that that needed to come out anyways like this is the uh i would say the bottom of the barrel kind of minimum effort data that I would expect to come out. If you as a hockey body have any sort of like diversity, equity, inclusion bones in your body, like let's, and let's be honest, they still don't, but (laughs) right. They are like being required to basically by the Canadian government. And like if you know, if this is perhaps on the path back, I am throwing them a huge bone here. Uh, good, but it's not. Um, they're just trying to distract us from the things at hand. Um, 
but it is notable. We should talk about it because it is indicative of what goes on every day in hockey culture, both in Canada and in America, where anyone but white men face difficulty, face either the threat of some sort of discrimination or actual discrimination. Um, And so, you know, calling a spade a spade, releasing these data, like that's important to the movement forward, but it's coming at a very curious time um, when Hockey Canada is trying to deflect from other things that are maybe less kind of a, a function of people playing hockey and society and men maybe much worse. I don't know. Uh, comparing apples to oranges, I suppose. But uh, yeah, during the course of the season, according to the athletic, there were 415 allegations of discrimination um, that were brought forward after not being witnessed by an official. Uh, 75 of those resulted in suspensions. So roughly a hundred incidents were witnessed by an official on ice official, which seems low personally. Right. I, I mean, maybe that's a corollary of where we are right now with, you know, how people treat others in society, or maybe that's, just an oversight on their part. You know, we did just talk about in our last episode, what went on in a fairly kind of rote way, what happens when you have an on ice incident of discrimination with the big 10 and uh, between Michigan state and Ohio state. Um, so according to hockey Canada, this is the first year of reporting. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I'm just going to laugh. Like, it really this is your right, first that, year yeah that just adds to the curiosity of it doesn't it and uh like okay you're probably fucking reporting this you just haven't released it or something like that um and they say it does not present a comprehensive representation of discrimination in hockey nor does it report on other incidents of maltreatment harassment or abuse such as sexual violence which second half of the statement all right, that's legit. First half of that statement, well, I mean, it's pretty comprehensive. Uh, so At either, least it should be. I guess they're saying, well, there's more that goes on behind the scenes that we're not talking about. So I don't know. This, this disclaimer on it is both telling and maybe correct. Yeah. Um, Hockey Canada says that they're going to progressively expand tracking and reporting efforts. Good luck. Cool. Speed. Um, and to most importantly to me, publicly start talking about stats about other types of abuse, maltreatment, abuse, and harassment next season. So I guess the story really is like, we're going to start finding out the reality about Canada. We think of them as like the nice neighbors to the north of a very dysfunctional America. And well, not anymore Sounds, next year. They, they got some problems too. Oh yeah. Plenty, 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 plenty. Um, in a completely 100% totally unrelated from anything that has gone on from hockey with hockey Canada in the last say like, 
four years, maybe in like 2018, completely and totally unrelated. Shockingly and weirdly uh, and curiously, Alex Formentin is going to miss the entire season after not being able to come to a contract uh, negotiation with the Senators. Uh, it's really weird that somebody who very much played on that 2018 Canadian team uh, and, and can't come up with an alibi for where they were. Yeah, no, like, th- again, totally unrelated. Like this, like there, so there's clearly no smoke and or fire here. This is nothing just purely consequential, uh, a complete coincidence. But yeah, it seems like Alex Formentin is going to have to take uh, a year off after not being able to come to terms on an RFA deal this year. Rumor has it is that he's going to go to the KHL uh, where, you know, all of North America's nicest hockey people go for respite. Yeah, that's why Jake Vertanen's over there. Uh, Slava Voinov, like that's, you know, like good hearty hail human beings <laughs> of class classy repute head over to the khl when they for some totally unrelated to the 2018 canadian world juniors team reason head over or can't sign a contract so yeah team. for those that don't know what we're talking about basically oh no i, I think we should just leave it at that that's kind every- of great <laughs> sure fine (laughs) (laughs) i think it's funny um but yeah uh yeah you know it's it's a just a weird coinky dink that uh, ain't it funny uh that alex formenton has not been able to sign a contract so funny that he's like easily the worst looking of the bunch and it's also really weird that like we would put the alex formenton not being able to get a contract story in between a story about hockey Canada and our next fella, like there's just no, yeah, it's like, totally coincidence that yeah. uh, we're going to talk about Zvi Levrin, a Michigan doctor who has been accused of widespread sexual assault, who also was a moil, uh, so he would perform circumcisions. Um, also a, a urologist is accused of this is all obvious in retrospect right right it, it, well that's how you make the times of israel uh with uh sexual allegations in michigan um is is you also betray the faith um but he was already facing something like 10 charges and now is facing seven more um, because, well, the news came out about his charging and a whole lot of people stepped forward. So allegedly police had something. Good for them. Yeah. Allegedly police had something like 33 tips on um, his, uh, his activities. Obviously this guy and his lawyer were entering not guilty, please doing, you know, doing their best says he's innocent, but uh, preponderance of evidence says, you are going to jail for a long time and uh it sucks it really sucks sucks for everyone involved sucks for hockey sucks for jewish people uh sucks for michigan state thank goodness they found this dude because well there were a lot of abusers abusers in hockey that have gone unfound for longer so yeah uh, it sucks when we're like oh good only 17 cases Right. I mean, like that's we've 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 reached a state where 
especially us who keep on reporting this stuff, you know, even as it damages our psyches and our love of the game, yeah, that we've gotten to a point where we're like, oh, they caught him early. He only there's only allegations against him uh, sexually assaulting most of a hockey team, like worth of people, like. It sucks that we've gotten to that point. In reality, he's actually probably been one of the more prolific abusers that we've reported on because, well, only a handful of people came forward for Brad Aldrich and this guy, they're coming forward in waves and waves. So when we talk about the bad dark alleys and dark portions of hockey culture, this is exactly what we're talking about. You, if you have a, a power void and don't trust accusers for long enough, these people that will rack up, 30-something cases of abuse and counting will happen. You know, people need to listen to children when they tell them that they're getting abused. And it's it it hurts you not at all to listen. Right. Like, it, it hurts you not at all to do a little digging. The consequences of doing nothing, the consequences of inaction, are always, 100% always, worse than the consequences of doing something. And I understand that it's difficult to assess a situation when you are dealing with doctors that are necessarily dealing with those parts of the body. You know, that was one of the things that hid Larry Nasser uh, as well as this dude is, well, he's a urologist. Larry Nasser was a women's sports expert that, you know, dealt with, hips and internal things and like yeah you want to give patients their freedom and you don't want to ask a whole lot of questions about what goes on in those areas of the body a lot but that's what these people hide behind is that space that unwillingness to talk that we have in society right now like the unwillingness to listen yeah uh, both i would say i mean like when when conservatives get up in arms about sexual health teaching in schools it's because we are teaching the words to children with which that they can report report abuse and take away the power of abusers if you say i'm being touched you know in a specific spot versus i'm being you know i i can't verbalize this like it makes a huge difference. Well, that's so, why people gravitate towards abusing children because right. they haven't yet formed the vocabulary or the confidence to report something that is like heinous and destructive. Right. And so it's kind of telling when conservatives get up in arms about, well, we, we taught little boys the term penis. Like, yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, no, the medical term is dingling. <laughs> right. You know, it, like I know conservative families that still speak in euphemisms about normal things that happen in the potty with their like adult, adult children. children. Yeah. And be like, oh, did you make a make a boom boom there in the bathroom? <laughs> that rhymed. No, I took a shit. Oh, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, how could you? This is a Christian home. <laughs> yeah. And that's the kind of shit that hides abusers, both in the church and in sport. Fucking and everywhere. Yeah. I mean, everywhere. But, well, those are, I guess, the two that we'll focus on. Um, so, 
yeah, hope that he can get all the justice that is due to him. And I hope that his survivors uh, can get what they need from him receiving the justice. And I wish them all just the best healing journey that they could possibly endure because they didn't deserve what happened to them. And uh, this guy is a fucking predator and thank God he got found. So let's maybe make it a little lighter now. Yeah. uh, We're, we're going to back it off. Yeah. We're still, we've still got one more entry in our uh, not receiving presents, our naughty list, but this is much lighter. Yeah. This is way lighter. And I honestly am very thankful that it is. Uh, So Jesse Puyuyarvi, let's just say he's, he has not lived up to the hype of some of the Edmonton Oilers, other high draft picks. Um, and, and that's fine. You know, not every first round draft pick is going to be, or not every top five draft pick for that matter is going to be, uh, is going to work out. Um, Jesse, however, uh, gave an interview to YLE sport, uh, which is the like Finnish sports agency or news agency, in which he said, he basically said, yeah, I'm not going to be in the NHL next year. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping to be in Europe basically. Yeah. I mean, it was a little telling, but him and Bo Horvat maybe like texted or something and that they both gave really depressing interviews really early in the season. Um, in which he just said, maybe I don't have it about being an NHL player, which a, I think skill wise, he absolutely does. Um, I think being on the Edmonton Oilers probably sucks a lot for a guy like him. He gave just his quotes from this interview were like, if you play with Connor, you have to score. Maybe I just don't have it. Or, uh, of course I'd like to be productive top line player, but right now it looks like I can't do that in NHL. Maybe some other league. Yeah, he's totally fucking jumping ship. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and honestly, though, is, is it better to do that now and go home or go somewhere in Europe and have a productive career and enjoy yourself when he's clearly not enjoying himself but now? But he's still so young. But that and that's fine. I but mean, like, like if if Buffalo didn't feel the if Buffalo felt the same way or any of these players in Buffalo felt the same way, they just wouldn't play. Like, you know, it, he's shooting at an all time low shooting percentage for him. He's had a lot. I mean, like Evander Kane kind of showed up and took his job in many ways, which you know, Evander Kane's very good at hockey. Terrible human. Very good at hockey. (laughs) Um, But on his best shots, he's shooting 5.9% on grade A chances. That's really bad, yeah. It is very, very bad. I think I might actually have a higher shooting percentage. (laughs) He's 24. Like, his best years are still probably ahead of him because he's... It takes longer, I swear to God, for big-bodied people to figure out their game. Because yeah. there's just more muscle that you have to train. Um, that wasn't supposed to rhyme, but it did. Um, I think there, there, there's a very good chance that, you know, he could go to Europe. Say he plays in like the 
the Swedish elite league for a couple of seasons, finds himself, starts killing it and makes his way back to the NHL. Like, I think he just gets traded and finds his way. Uh, you know, maybe. I don't know. Uh, he he looks he looks real broken. Uh, he really on the NHL does. Ice. And what sucks is like he had like last year, year before, it was like, oh, dude, looks like he's putting it together. And this year, it's like, oh no, you're thinking too hard. Yeah, you are mentally broken. We'll call it the Philip Zadina. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes. You know, we talk all the time about or sport. It's like a common trope in sports. Like, oh, he just needs a change of scenery, a change of scenery. Like Jesse Puglia-Yarvi is very clearly saying, my change of scenery is not in the United States. You and, said that, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I kind of believe a change of scenery in the NHL would do wonders. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if Edmonton traded him to clear some cap space to make uh, some sort of moves right, at like, the uh, at the deadline or in uh, approaching the deadline. Um, but maybe it's just time to like give this kid his dream and <laughs> get him back to Europe and let him uh, play somewhere in like well obscurity as far as you know U.S. markets are sure. concerned. And you know, hopefully he turns it or turns around. You know he's shooting like eighteen percent instead of five percent and having a great time. Like, and surrounded by Finnish ladies. No, I, I by heard, the Finnish prime minister. I heard that he might be connected to Anaheim in trade talks, and I was like, oh hell yeah, Th- they're not going to be competitive for a minute. They can just kind of give him space. They're going to have have Connor Bedard next year, so... (laughs) Right, and they have a whole lot of young talent already, like... He's 24. He'd be a veteran on that team. (laughs) He would be. Uh, Yeah, providing veteran leadership. Well, I know, I mean, he can teach these guys what it's like to be through, you know, tough times. Um, Like, I feel like at this point, he... Yeah, he would be like one of the grizzled young veterans on Buffalo that has seen like several seasons of hopelessness and still like they're fucking bringing it for their coach. Now, you know, uh, how easy would it be for like Rasmus Dali to just lose hope over the past? Oh, I think he did. Years? And then this year he's got it back, but yeah, no, he's got it back with a fucking vengeance. Yeah. He's he, playing great hockey. He's like, fantasy defenseman like six or something like that uh yeah let's put more uh happiness into fucking aaron's <laughs> this is not personal at all never i love aaron he's wonderful um i you know we're we're we, we've spent a lot of time on jesse's pulio yarvi uh, uh, i think like, it's interesting yeah and you know he's he's gonna find a way to live his best life whether that's in the nhl or back in europe or you know being a dairy farmer in like some <laughs> lower finnish city like just outside of helsinki who knows like whatever like he'll be fine he's made a lot of money um he can uh take his time to find out whatever it is he wants to do next whether that's jumping right back on the ice or transitioning or whatever uh transitioning to another career he's he's gonna have a lot of opportunity in front of him to find whatever it is that you know really drives him and you know um 
obviously what drives him is not playing hockey in Edmonton, Ontario or at Edmonton, Canada. What really drives him clearly isn't playing hockey in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Hopefully he finds whatever it is that, you know, gives him that the, the gumption to live. Yeah. I think he's, I think he ends up back in the NHL after, I, I would say max one year if he goes away, but I think he he just gets traded and, and finds a new spot. It would be hilarious if you get like Jesse Puyarvi like CPA at McKinstry or something. Um, yeah, he seems like the nicest guy. And so that's why I put this on the bad list. I maybe should have put this on some list by itself, but like he's been struggling. He's got talent. We feel for him. Hopefully you can put it together. So that's a good segue. Cause that's, he's not necessarily on the naughty list, but we're going to move into the, uh, the good list or the folks who are receiving presents this year. And from uh, hockey Santa, uh, well, hockey Santa giveth and hockey Santa taketh away. Mm, this mm-hmm. in this uh, scenario, hockey Santa giveth. Um, one of the coolest stories to come out in the last couple of weeks was that Isaiah Meyer Carruthers, who is sadly best known as being the person bullied and abused by Mitchell Miller, um, spent some time with Wayne Simmons, who is like former NHL great and all around rad human being, uh, despite punching face in the NHL for like 15 years, he, uh, is actually like an incredibly wonderful human being, very nice, very caring. And he took Isaiah Meyer Carruthers to a wings Leafs game, uh, up in Toronto. They palled around all throughout the city and, uh, by all reports had an amazing time. There were some selfies that came out on the internets. Um, uh, yeah, it various like they, modalities. They had a really good time. It, um, it looks like, and if you watch interviews with, obviously, we've never met Wayne Simmons and we never will, but like if you watch interviews with Wayne Simmons, he's very thoughtful. He's oh, very yeah. considerate and he's very uh, like genuine. And that seems like the exact type of person who. Isaiah Myers Carruthers or Meyer Carruthers should be hanging out with like, and they're like, sorry, keep going. Somebody who can, uh, be there and be thoughtful should, uh, the conversation require it, but who is also just genuinely a good dude and will like show him a good time and like, like care for this person who has survived so much already. And so, like, seeing them out and about in Toronto was just so cool to see. Yeah. Wayne Simmons has always seemed like a really cool guy. Um, And the selfie that they took, it's like one of those pictures is like, you you can't fake this. Yeah. Like, they're having a good time together. You know, Isaiah has been through a lot. And... Wayne knows this. Wayne, Wayne's been through a lot in his career. So I'm Wayne's sure. Wayne's been through a lot of the same things that Isaiah has been right. through. Right. And so, you know, on his 21st birthday, I'm sure he engendered some guidance and some wisdom. Um, and a friend. 
Right. Like somebody he can reach out to should the need arise in the future. Right. And like, I know more about what Isaiah Meyer Crothers looks like than what Mitchell Miller looks like. That means something. That's great. Yes. I, that's an incredibly poignant point, poignant point. That's, that's incredibly poignant. Like, and I, I hope that trend continues. I, I hope that we see more of, or me, you know what? Let me retract that. Like, Hopefully, Isaiah Meyer Crothers can have a life that does not revolve around the horrible things that have happened to him, but right. continues to revolve around good things and happy things and positive things. And if we never hear of him again, and that's because he's living a good life, that'd be fucking awesome. And honestly, a lot of with a lot of the reports that came out after Mitchell Miller was signed by Boston... Uh, that he was being forced to relive all of this stuff again. Right. Maybe that's the best thing for him is to like, like to be able to just live a life of like sort of pseudo anonymity. And, Mm -hmm. um, but also get to spend some time with, with with Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Like, yeah, more, the more time with Wayne Simmons, the better, honestly. Yeah. He's, he's, he's always seemed like a really cool dude. Absolutely. Um, also, you know, a a 1988 Leo. So I, I support him wholeheartedly. (laughs) Um, you know, he didn't have to do this. No, not at all. I, I honestly, it's just like a reflection of both, Exactly. Simmons as a person and also the impact that this story probably had on him when he heard it. Yeah. Like what I know about Wayne Simmons is like, he probably wasn't put up to this. He probably did it of his own. Oh, 100%. Um, he's one of these people like he knows right from wrong. He knows how to put himself out there when, when it's going to make a difference. And, uh, I, you said former, he's technically still under contract. That's um, true. And he's played seven games this season. But, uh, you know, not playing a lot on a Leafs team that's, like, hunting for an identity. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, fuck, they're, like, second in the East right now. So Right, the they East. don't have a whole lot of need for his services at this time. Um, you know, if they were playing Loberto Ruango, of course, yeah, park, park this guy in front of his net, and, well, that would be a problem. But, uh, yeah good to see him spending his time he's not otherwise playing usefully like i don't know i i thought that this was cool on a number of different hockey player levels absolutely um something that is very easy to understand as being cool on hockey player levels is uh Shane Wright he got his first goal in as an NHLer not only that it was versus Montreal who did not draft him Uh, he was kind of, you know, supposed to be picked first overall. He spent several years as the sort of consensus number one draft pick and then got uh, usurped kind of at the last minute by Slavkovsky, who maybe has a little bit more of an NHL-ready body. Um, But yeah, Shane Wright buried one after staring down the Montreal uh, cadre at the draft after they let him kind of fall to four and uh, good for him. You know, Seattle did some really interesting things with their roster with him. 
Um, they wanted to get him AHL experience, even though he is not really AHL eligible. And so they used a technicality where they had to healthy scratch him a bunch, and then they could send him to the AHL for conditioning. And so they did that. But they timed it right so that he would come back specifically for this one game against Montreal. Talk about like playing people's motivations. And then go to the Canadian World Junior Team. Right, yeah. And then then he's off to, you know, one would say bigger and better things, but actually Seattle's good. They yeah. they sort of don't have a whole lot of use for him right now. And that's kind of another big piece it, of this it's equation. It's shocking, but good for them. We've talked about this a lot already, but good for them. It continues to be fucking shocking because they are good in ways that they should not be good. But um, yeah, I was super happy for Shane Wright. He's a good dude. The goal he scored was like, the most Shane Wright goal ever. Like he just put up shop in a nice open spot and buried a one timer. That's his game. Um, also being, you know, very defensively responsible, great skater, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, Shane Wright getting some presents this year. Uh, sp- speaking of getting some presents this year, uh, cringe Raider has, we're like five weeks into the PHF season and Crunch Trader has already set the PHF record for shutouts in a year. This is crazy town. That's fucking bonkers. Yeah. And we talked during our PHF season preview, our better late than never season preview, which I believe was episode <laughs> 70 or 71. We're like, she's going to be yeah. good. Yeah. We're, oh, yeah. Boston's probably yeah, going to be pretty good. Like, they're probably number one or two. No, they're number one. Right. Yeah. They're really fucking good. With a bullet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, and like, they, they're number one. She's already broken the PHF record for shutouts in a season. And the Pride have played seven games. That's four shutouts in seven games that's fucking insane like i mean lavisa sealander is an extraneous piece to this team and she won <laughs> goaltender of the year twice i believe which is i mean this is bound to happen when you increase the amount of money that you can that can be made in women's hockey like you're gonna start to get these a chip recruits that you know maybe were destined for some other career you know it, like she was going to Alabama, but now that NIL is yeah, right. a thing, she can go to Boston. Right. Uh, she was headed for KP. Granted, Boston's probably the Alabama of the PHF. I was going to say like headed for KPMG and now playing for the Boston Pride. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a bonkers run by any goalie at any level of hockey anywhere. Yeah. Um, hell yeah, that it happened to the probable rookie of the year in the PHF. Yeah. I I don't foresee anybody playing better than they're playing already. They might already have that sewed up. Yeah. It did. I feel like this is one award you can just give out at mid season, but I guess we'll see how it turns out. Uh, the Canadians as in the nation of Canada gave away an award. Oh and yeah. And it went to Marie Philippe Poulin. Down with uh, MPP. Yeah, you know me. Uh sh- she is the Canadian Athlete of the Year 
uh, 100% deserving, probably the best women's hockey player on the planet, uh, does nothing but win gold medals uh, and showing up in big games uh, and well, all games really, but like also big games. Yeah, Uh, she's had just massive games anytime that Team Canada has had their life on the line in any international play. It's like an and I think she has an outsized impact mm-hmm. on women's hockey, especially in Canada, but really in North America, because like she is one of the most noticeable and like name recognition friendly people in uh, in all of women's hockey. And when we talk about you know P- PWHPA versus PHF, like when we complain about not seeing the pwhpa this is who we're complaining about not seeing like she is absolutely worth the price of admission anytime you see her play and uh just a completely dominant athlete at her sport and so it's really awesome to see the canadian government step up and say hey this is our athlete of the year and to see her get her due because she absolutely deserves it. You don't get awards for coming back from award, from injuries midseason, but you know, maybe you should like get some recognition for coming back from a fucking stroke. Yeah, and not your first either. Yeah, we speculated about this last time out that Chris Letang would be out for a while, seeing as how it was his second stroke. He's uh, advanced in age since the first one. I believe he was like 26 or 28 the first time and now he's 35 turns out he's only out the amount of time it takes an amateur hockey podcast to record yeah <laughs> well played um uh he's already playing again he has uh recovered sufficiently to continue his hockey career played 22 minutes 14 seconds uh ridiculous like <laughs> yeah which is like which is actually the two years that he had uh the 2022 and 2014 i think are the two years that he had his strokes in um oh wow that's weird that is weird that's really uh, weird. uh yeah this is we're, we're speaking of bonkers for the current trader talk like this is like it honestly feels medically impossible for somebody to do so yeah, for real um and like kind of worried about it in a way um it feels crazy to us obviously this guy knows his body better than anybody else because he's been through this before he has a a heart defect um that just causes these things and so i guess that's why he was able to come back so quickly it seems out of this world it seems fast sitting yeah it seems fast like in any respect but i mean i guess game checks i don't know i mean I'm, the I, dude doesn't need the money at this point he's he's a hall of famer he could fucking he could do speaking gigs for you know the same money that he makes a game check for if not more um but uh just absolutely amazing like he's already a hall of famer he doesn't he doesn't need to play anymore and yet he is well yeah and you know hopefully that's with the blessing of medical professionals etc it is i mean i'm sure if you know he was not able to play they would say you know if there was something that was endangering his life or livelihood later 
you know, he would know, but, uh, apparently this is some rather rare disorder. Uh, I think it's with a, a heart valve, heart um, valve or like a hole in the wall of his heart, something like that. Yeah. That just creates these strokes and, uh, just amazing. Yeah. Uh, also probably bad for your health. Uh, having a six minute shift. Yeah, that might induce a fucking stroke. Uh, Jack Hughes sets what is believed to be an NHL record. Uh, probably isn't because like shift length was not something that was recorded mm-hmm. back in the 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 wanderlust years of the NHL. Right, like Bobby Orr probably took a you know fourteen like, minute shift at some point, played like an entire period, yeah. and then smoked a cigarette after. Like exactly, um, but. As far as recorded time goes, Jack Hughes has now set the record for the longest shift ever in NHL history, six minutes and two seconds, during which he scored a goal, saved two goals uh, (laughs) by blocking shots on an empty net. And then rattled one off the post. Yeah. So not only just a long shift, an extremely productive shift. Right. Like, you don't usually think of Jack Hughes as a block monster, and uh, he's Blocked two shots right in a row. Yeah. I mean, hey, look at you getting some fantasy points. Yeah. Uh, as a Jack Hughes owner and uh, long term. Uh, You've got a lot riding on the career, Jack Hughes. Oh, I do. And, and that's why he's my. It's a, I'm having fucking word. Ride or die. No. Uh, uh, Best uh, friend. Uh, well, I did change. State I, senator. I did change my number to be his. Um, no, I was just going to say dynasty pick. (laughs) He's one of, he's one of my keepers. Please don't cut this. That was great. (laughs) Um, Uh, yeah, like, you know, what's even harder on your body getting fucking destroyed by another giant human being on the hockey rink, getting checked in the face by Ryan Reeves. Yeah. Is, uh, way worse. Philip Ronick. Way harder. Philip Ronick fucking got it this week. Um, in a, to the casual hockey observer, a pretty blatantly dirty hit, but one that apparently is okay in the NHL. I don't know if I'd call it dirty. Oh, it's absolutely dirty. I, I would say it's uh, not legal. It's yeah, clearly sure. through driving through someone's face. Right. The like you look at this thing happen in any slow motion. The principal point of contact is the head yeah uh yeah ryan reeves probably doesn't mean it as dirty means it as a body check he's also doesn't have the puck and is a couple inches taller than philip ronick so it just so happened that the principal point of contact was the head uh he got a huge discount (laughs) in the fact that ronick is kind of a notorious like gambler and looked around at at his defensive options and maybe a, you were talking about there might have been a delayed penalty that he was looking for it's a play that philip Ronick would take back even if he hadn't gotten destroyed by ryan reeves <laughs> because you're skating through the middle of the ice in an nhl game approaching your own blue line carrying the puck you should always be looking up (laughs) yeah and i kind of think he did see reeves and thought he could was trying to pass and get around him and then when he looked up again he realized he was out of time uh and 
like I don't even know if he had enough time to think. Oh, I'm out of time. I I think by the time he looked back, he didn't have time to realize. Oh, I'm out of time. It was my face hurts. <laughs> um, well, he did. He did see Reeves coming, and uh, that's maybe the difference between him being alive and dead. Um, but yeah, Reeves fucking got him. Like it was. If he if it had been six inches a foot lower prime contact we would not probably be talking about this we'd be anymore. talking about it as hit of the year yeah and like, maybe Hironek he might not be hurt either. yeah if he gets him in the chest like if him and reeves are the same height mm-hmm. we're like holy shit like that's the best check we've seen all season right it's like fucking casey jones but, in the train run yeah. running into a fucking yeah. wall like it as a, another fantasy manager of philip Ronick, i hope he's okay the one thing i will say is uh after the like Moritz Sider has looked like he's been trying too hard all season. Yeah, I think he's having a little bit of a, a, a sophomore slump when he's trying when, to live up to the Calder, I think. Absolutely. And, and that that was kind of to be expected almost. Yeah, and it do, it looks like he's not having fun out there like mm-hmm. he did last year. And if one of the aftershocks of this silver is, linings is that Moritz Sider did like later in the game had one of his patented reverse hits laid somebody out somebody tried to fight him and he just shrugged him off because he's <laughs> fucking like 220 pounds of german wonder beast wunderbeast and it looked like he actually was like engaged and i'm not saying he's not engaged he doesn't care like anything like nothing like that but it looked like he kind of got a little bit of swagger back mm-hmm. in this game. The Red Wings lost. It wasn't a great game for them. They're missing their top three forwards. And uh, heroic has been their best their, defenseman. Their best defensive pair because Ali Mata's out too. Uh, but like, it looked like maybe Cider was like turning this corner into like getting back into the, like the he wolf mode that he was in all <laughs> season last season. So. Sure, because that's a huge motivator. You know, you see your you see one of your compatriots go down who's having a really good year so far. Like you want to pick it up for them, and yeah. maybe that's what it takes to get him out of this kind of like gripping the stick too hard kind of thing. I think a lot of a lot of Calder winners have gone through it yep, and a lot of good rookies have gone through it. It's like, Oh, why aren't you this? Why, why aren't you the same as this year? It's like, well, I'm actually trying harder. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've maybe zeroed in on something that isn't working for me or maybe I'm just nervous. Yeah. And so if we get something out of this, hopefully it's, like fun Mo Cider back. Like, that would be nice. I because Mo Cider is a fucking gem, and I hope we have him as fun Mo Cider for the rest of his career. Staying with defenseman pairs, Thomas Shabbat threw a bit of a hissy fit on the uh, Senators bench the other day, and like swung his stick without really thinking. It was like this, like kind of like temper tantrum meets a uh, it major idiocy moment. <laughs> And uh, he hit Travis Hamannick right in the face. Yeah, he thinks he's got only the stanchion to the right of him, and he swings his stick trying to break it like our favorite lay piss baby. I was going to say, he's like runner-up maybe right now. In the, yeah, the piss and baby. Uh, he fucking just jacks his teammate in the face with his stick. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like It's a bad look. 
but it was also hilarious. And also, Thomas Shabbat felt very stupid. And, and very was, bad. <laughs> right. And like, you can, is seen like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, you know, attending to Hamannick. Also, um, as Puck Soup pointed out, amazing that Travis Hamannick still in the, in the NHL. Um, he's, but he's yeah. He's getting um, his, a fair paycheck. At, in, uh... <laughs> absolutely. So my question is like, today who who hurts worse like travis hamannick or philip ronick on a like serious level i'm gonna say it's probably thomas shabbat travis hamannick's making three million this year um wow. but okay. like as a like from a like has to face the general public it's probably travis hamannick like so what was it like getting biffed in the face by your bestie on the team? <laughs> like, that's that's not an easy conversation to have. It really isn't. Like, you know, is Travis Hamannick going to serve up some suicide passes to, to get Shabbat just leveled? Like, I don't know. I, you don't really want to get revenge, but uh, yeah, that... <laughs> you maybe peg him with a slapper in practice or something you like that. You maybe just peg him, you know? Yeah, I mean, following a theme. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was really, really hilarious just to like see it. I mean, it's funnier thinking, understanding that Travis Hamnick probably okay, but... Uh, <laughs> it's probably in a little bit of pain. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but he was wearing a helmet, you know, got to stick to the face, whereas um, Philip Pronick is... His whole body might be sore. Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, he was in the concussion protocol, Absolutely. and I think he's got a history of um probably he, from similar uh, bold moves through the middle of the ice. Rumor is that he wanted to come back in the game, and that medical professionals were like, "Nah, bud." Okay, <laughs> no. Yeah, because it it was such an obvious hit to the head that I mean, this is the second half that we kind of have to talk about. Is like, how the fuck is this not a player safety issue? Like, uh, because the player safety in the nhl is a joke oh okay fine yeah well, i guess that's the uh, answer end of story yeah uh speaking of end of story uh this has been episode 73 of the handsome hockey podcast thank you as always for listening and spending time with us we're not sure why you do it but we're really happy that you do if you want to spend a little bit more time with us you can find us all over the internets handsomehockey.com is our website handsome hockey podcast on instagram at handsome hockey on twitter or handsome hockey pod at gmail.com if you are a fucking degenerate at this point and are <laughs> sending out emails i would love to get an email that isn't spam i had to block our email address from sending me notifications because <laughs> it's just like we've gotten spammed so hard lately it would be just great having if, having if, a website is not fun no like, the, i remember when the internet was fun it's not anymore uh it's got truth social and our website on it and neither of which are fun to have it's just and we get spammed by the same fucking accounts just Right. Over and over, over and over, and over again. again. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, it's like, I, guess I what? Like... We're not buying your Nigerian diamond mind. <laughs> uh, we... Elon's spamming us. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, if you want to send us something, we would treasure it. We would. I probably frame it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, uh, we're available on Facebook. Yeah, that too. And since we had a request for it the other day, maybe we'll put some more of our stuff on YouTube. <laughs> That's my fault. I will wantonly say that's my fault. You jerk i know i'm the worst anyways thank you so much for listening folks we hope you enjoyed it have a safe and 
healthy and happy holiday season, regardless of whatever you celebrate or if you're celebrating fucking nothing, have have a great time these next couple of weeks. I'm guessing it'll be a bit before we come back, um, but when we do, there will be hockey. May your personal Corsi numbers be above 50. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you for that. And stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau to le monde.